Welcome to Help with Hannah and Calvin. I'm Calvin Reed. I'm Hannah Jones, and we are answering your questions, Dear Abby Style. This podcast is brought to you by Little India. This is a beloved local family-owned restaurant with four locations throughout the Denver area and a coffee shop. As it happens, earlier today, I was driving to Little India on 6th Street to pick up the trek, um, and I stopped in their coffee shop and got this iced chai. Mmm, yum, delicious. Mm-hmm. Truly fantastic. So I highly recommend, and it's a place that I go myself. If you live in Colorado, you should make this place a regular stop. And if you're visiting our great city, be sure you don't miss Little India. Visit littleindiadenver.com to find a location near you. And thank you, Dude IDK Studios in Denver, where we are recording. Yes. Hell yeah, Calvin. How are you? I am vibing. How are you, Hannah? I'll be honest, so bad. (laughs) I have so many check-in. Well, okay. Obviously, if you listened last week, you know that I just went through a breakup. So like on a cosmic level, bad, right? Mm -hmm. But then I was also, I was ovulating the last two weeks and, well, not the last, I was not ovulating the whole time. It's the follicular phase. I don't know how familiar you are with women's cycles, but it's the phase where your tits are huge and your skin is clear and your outlook on life is just like, I'm one with the universe and the universe is one with me and everyone wants what's best for me. And I was just feeling really hopeful and I was like going to a lot of like yoga and shit. And then um, yesterday and today I am PMSing so bad. And my biggest problem is that when I was younger and I got PMS, it was so bad and I just wanted to kill myself constantly okay. because br- broadly speaking, I wanted to kill myself a lot yeah. when I was younger. But lately I'm very hashtag healed and yes. never want to kill myself. Never even a little bit, which folks, it gets better. <laughs> Go off. Yay. <laughs> just straight up. Um, I never thought that I'd have a life where I just like never wanted to kill myself for years at a time, but that's me right here. Haven't wanted to kill myself in years. Okay. But what I will say is that when I get PMS, it's this very specific kind of darkness that takes hold where I'm like, I'm ugly and disgusting. And so are you, to be clear. Like everyone, the whole world is just a dark and disgusting place. And then the real problem is that like other people will talk about like, oh, like I'm tired today. And my initial like in my brain response is like, oh, you're tired. (laughs) You couldn't possibly understand the true meaning of exhaustion that resides within me. You small-minded imbecile oh my god only i know the real darkness and perversions that lie underneath everything <laughs> it's like a very most annoying you should write poetry when you're pmsing i really shouldn't is the problem <laughs> because <laughs> i feel like you're a devil on my shoulder because anytime that you're feeling like I should write poetry about this. That's actually a really good sign that you shouldn't. <laughs> I think your poetry would sell. And anytime that you're just sort of like living in the moment, that's actually a time that you should be writing poetry. <laughs> okay, that I do agree with. I don't know, like the dark, like a dark poem about exhaustion. You just spoke, you just did poetry. Sylvia Plath did it better. You try it out. The Hannah Jones doing so tired can she be if she doesn't want to kill herself and she hasn't wanted to kill herself in years? That is that is <laughs> the true. YouTube monetization for this is so fucked. <laughs> that is so true. Hashtag antidepressants. Therapy. Okay, but so my story within yes. the context of PMSing, my story is that. Um, Calvin, a thing about me is that growing up, my dad owned a business and we didn't Mm -hmm. have health insurance. So I only went to the doctor for my shots at like five 
And then I broke my wrist once and I got a cast. And then I got my shots at 17. Like super didn't get, I went to college and I went to campus health once. And I was like, hi, I have health insurance now. So I'm pretty excited to receive all this health care I've been hearing about. And um, they immediately gave me a pap smear. Are you familiar with the pap smear? Yes, I am familiar with okay, the Okay, fantastic. If any listeners are not, that's where they put a metal duck bill in your vagina mm. and then crank it wide the fuck open and then um, scrape out your cervix to see if there's any cancer there. Um, for me, they, they didn't explain what it was beforehand. They just sort of put me in stirrups and me, virginal, would go on to find out over time that I had a vaginal disorder. I don't know if you knew this, Bobby. God, we're going so deep. Um, my brother sometimes listens to this. Levi, tune out of this episode. <laughs> or skip, skip to like 30 minutes in. Okay. So I ended up with a vaginal disorder where I can't, my, my vagina is... <laughs> Is it medically tight? Medically tight. <laughs> oh my gosh, good for you. When I say, well, like, no, 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 bad for me, bad oh, for me. Bad. Extremely okay, painful. Couldn't have penetrative sex for, like, four years. Oh, yeah, that's which, rough. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so a lot of dudes were just like, okay, but it seems like, it seems like your mouth has no problem opening and clothing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair. Um, but so, right, so they give me a pap smear, and it was extremely traumatic. So today... Yes. I got health insurance in the open enrollment period and today was my like, I finally have a PCP and I'm going to go in and I'm going to meet my primary care physician and we're mm -hmm. going to talk about all the health care that I'm going to receive. This is 10 years after that pap smear, which was my last. And in the course of that 10 years, I've had almost consistent therapy. I've had more years of therapy than I have had not in therapy. Okay, yeah. And in my mind, that's like the health care that I've been receiving. So I go in today and this lady was like, okay, and your next visit's going to be your wellness visit. And I was like, and I'm, is it good? They're going to be a, a pap smear perchance. And she's like, yes, we're going to do a pap smear. And I start crying. <laughs> For good reason. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm PMSing. And I, and also, I don't know. Sometimes you just start crying because you had a really bad experience when you were 18 and you don't really know. Anyway, she asks me, she's like, oh, um, uh, what's wrong? And in my mind, I'm looking at her the same way I've looked at like every therapist where it's like, oh, it's so chill that I'm crying right now. It's like unbelievably fine. And I was like, I don't know, you know, the same way you would to a therapist sometimes. And her response is like, uh, um, you don't know why you're crying? And yeah, they don't be looking at life like sudden, that. The, the reality comes crashing on me that like this is not a therapist. This is a whole ass doctor. Like, do you know how fucking um not emotionally intelligent you have to be to go through like nine years of medical school? You have no interest in putting up with the shit of a crying 29-year-old in front of you who's crying because one time she had a pap smear 10 years ago and it hurt really bad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's a trauma response for sure, but yeah, they're not gonna look at it yeah. like that. They're not gonna 
to give a fuck. No, I. <laughs> she has a whole different definition of trauma. Yes, they do in the medical field. Yeah, there's this physical when trauma. When she says yeah. the word trauma, she's not even referring to crying, which is insane to me. <laughs> yeah, that's I can't picture that either. I one time like in psychiatry, I was in the psychiatrist's office, and they were like, "Okay, cool. Did you have like a history of this?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can talk about it." And they're like, "Please don't." <laughs> like, Please don't. I was like, "Oh my." The psychiatrist. It is truly like going to see a therapist and then a psychiatrist for the first time is like mom and dad vibes. Yes. You go to the therapist and she's like, oh my God, sweetie, like you're valid. What you're experiencing is a normal and it's your body is making a, a, a smart response to everything that you've been through. And you go to the psychiatrist and they're like, please take some Adderall. I swear to God, Literally, if you yeah. don't take some Adderall right now, I will die. <laughs> yeah, psychiatrists are fucking weird. They're like all of the bad parts of therapy plus all the bad parts of medical field yeah combined into one position so when you meet with a psychiatrist the first time it's like you're looking capitalism right and it's like the eye of the stranger things monster like yeah. the little light inside it that powers it yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it is it's because it's like i just paid 60 dollars for you to tell me to keep taking my antidepressants like, that's just what I did. Yeah. And I have, like, decent health insurance. It's like, the, what happens if I didn't? The weirdest thing today was so that I got my health insurance, and mm -hmm. then I went in today, and one of the, the things I talked about, it, I was like, I've experimented with this medication through telehealth for, like, acne or whatever, and I've had, like, a good experience on it, but it doesn't seem like a smart long-term fit from the research that I've done, so I'd like a full hormone panel. And she's like, so the medication's working? And I was like... I don't know what the threshold of working is here. Exactly. Like it's made yeah. things better. I'm definitely interested in how much better they could be. And she's like, well, the thing about a hormone panel is if we want insurance to cover it, we would have to be able to justify it. And I'm like, doesn't that seem kind of like your job? to justify this stuff and to say she yeah. needs a hormone panel. I was kind of hoping Sometimes that they don't listen. you would think I would need a hormone panel just because I said I did. They like even if the doctor believes you. Sometimes I had a doctor prescribe me like a cream for something, and my insurance was like, "You don't need that cream." And I was like, "The f yes, I do." Like, sorry, I I need it. And I called them. And was like, "What the fuck?" And they're like, "We gave the your doctor options to prescribe instead." I was like, "Huh?" Like, and they literally and the other options are Adderall. <laughs> the other option <laughs> like, was Adderall. Please yeah. just take Adderall. <laughs> they're like, please take Adderall and Lexapro Five and shut up. Even. <laughs> <laughs> well, Butrin, and get the fuck out of here. Come on. You're done. You're gone. No, like, and why? What's the point? I'm like, your insurance, your your job isn't to like, no, they think it is. Yeah, no, it's rough. So I don't like the psychiatrist office. No. Um, and it's yeah. just funny, like with clear eyes, I've heard everything about the healthcare industry. I know all of this stuff to be true, but I still was kind of like, I have health insurance now and I'm about to have a beautiful love affair with healthcare this year. I'm going to get all my tests and I'm going to feel like I know exactly what's going on with my body and I show up and they're like doesn't seem like you're dying so Literally. maybe you should go home <laughs> no I, I I have been blessed with healthcare my entire life which is good because I have medical anxiety so I don't know what I'd have without it blessed with healthcare, healthcare <laughs> is a uniquely with American thing to say such a, you're right oh my gosh oh Canada um anyways so yeah I've been the Americanized way of healthcare and it's like <laughs> lord please bless no, this young man like, with healthcare <laughs> Please let him be able to get healthcare. Please in lay it. healthcare upon him. 
<laughs> I, that is literally so sad. That is so true, though. Every so many other places, like yeah, I just went to the doctor. Oh, you can like what? No, I, I I have a really great primary care physician. She's great, but like other, I've had other experiences with doctors where it's just like yeah, you are so just like you don't care. Like I'm not dying. Cool, you don't care. But like I'd like to not feel bad or i'd like to not be in pain or you know help me with the anxiety of it at least and sometimes people just suck yeah they're referring me to an ob and it seems like the ob is going to be the person that i ask all my hormone questions to vibe. okay so my hope is that she has more of like a knowledgeable vibe about her because the lady to her credit was like this is not my area of expertise and i was like yeah that's pretty apparent i have spent way too much time on reddit forums to be um to be an expert i'm just sort of like extremely biased and have theories about what's wrong with me yeah no that makes sense. i'm the same way i i've gone to specialists before and they're really nice the one specialist i had he was great i was like here's what oh, i yeah. was told but i also went to one specialist who wasn't great. No, it, it was a consultation i guess that's different which i think consultations are stupid but anyways um well i get the point neither neither here nor there so you have an obgyn did this pap smear go okay though well so i haven't had it yet it's coming oh, okay. up i asked her though i was like so is there something that i can request for it can can i have like anesthesia even i don't know can mm -hmm. i be asleep can i die <laughs> yeah can i not be like remember the pap smear happening and she was like you can take some ibuprofen <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. No, this is good because now for the next two weeks, I get to kind of like look forward to it. <laughs> Yay. My roommate got hers done like last minute, just did her, at her um, like yearly checkup and it was just done, but also wasn't a new meeting. Like she'd already had this doctor for yeah, a while. Yeah. I also think that since my vagina is fixed now, I think that it might not be as painful as the first time. Which is also valid. Yeah. Because that also like the, the lady was so mean to the first pap smear that I got. The lady was so mean to me. And also I got it at 19 and apparently you're not supposed to start getting them until 21. So I, I have no that, fucking okay. clue why they even gave it to me at 19. Yeah. But, um, she was so mean and like angry at me for crying that's sad yeah oh my gosh hence the crying today <laughs> yeah that's because the trauma response um, no i'm gonna take a bunch of ibuprofen and i think it'll be much better this time good. i'm hopeful about it um you said being confrontational with dating what is that referring so to? so i have so I, this has happened a couple of times now and i'm grateful every single time i do but it feels weird to like do it every single time i've been rejected quite a few times whatever it's dating it happens mm -hmm. my most recent rejection and i and I, maybe it's just because I'm getting, I'm just getting sick of it, of things winding down. But like, you can tell things are winding down with somebody as you're talking mm -hmm. to them. And it's like, okay, obviously they're losing interest. Something's happening. Like things aren't the same. And it's like, I used, like, I went through a phase where I was like, cool, whatever. I can just like, let it die down and like, whatever, just nothing happens. But I've, I don't know. I like it when I can confront. And I did this this past week where I confronted someone and I was like, hey, your behavior's changed. Um, I thought you were cool, but like are you like what's like what's the tea and I, it was just very much like things have changed what's the tea what's the tea sis like if you're not interested tell me but i'm not going to handle this like weird ass behavior that is now occurring yeah. like it's different and i'm not going to be like a professional detective trying yeah. to keep track of what's going on well i tried oh mm, that's well, not my best move we're that's okay. yeah we're trying <laughs> no i did try and do that but it didn't go well and also i i decided to confront to avoid doing that and because my therapist was like you're already getting rejected why don't you like if you think about it or if you actually get rejected both are gonna be i also that. weirdly enough have never considered a fizzle of a dating relationship to be a rejection i only consider rejection when someone just like doesn't want to fuck me and then i'm like i'll kill myself <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, but I, yeah. but when things fizzle, for me, it just feels like oh, we're on different vibes. There have it been feels times more like happened, incompatibility yeah. than straight up rejection because it's like it's not like I want what you're giving me. No, which is true. And I've had dates where things have fizzled out. This one was like a killer date. Like things like were great. The chemistry was there. Like like if it was, if things weren't vibing, it wasn't on my side. Where? Which is also just kind of a bummer. But I have had like like thing like situationships or things like that end where it's like I didn't want to say anything. You didn't say anything. I think we were just in different spots. Who cares? I and I don't consider that rejection. But this one specifically, and a few other times that it's it's happened before where I've just like noticed a change and it's like, did I read the vibes wrong? That's even how I started. Was like, it, let me know if I'm misreading things. But this is what you're sending me. And then I got rejected, which is obviously a bummer. No one like getting rejected but i prefer it was so much nicer to just like confront out of it even like i've con the guy who ghosted me that i talked about last week i confronted him with ghosting and i was like i know i'm probably not going to response but i wanted to say something and it just felt good to just like you know say like hey i thought you were cool but this behavior is telling me otherwise yeah and what's what was the, the response did they give you a good reason no they were just like oh i'm so sorry i'm just like not getting over my past relationship i really Weird. like you and i'm really bad at ending things that i don't think are a good fit and i, I can't just... wait to be like that in a few months <laughs> it's gonna be great i've done it to guys i can't, I can't... say it's not karma <laughs> i can't wait to like give every indication that we're gonna hook up and then be like i'm not ready <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do in the whole Calvin. You have no idea how uh, much this is a problem and a pattern for me. It's you know, and and, and that's on anxious, and that's on avoidant attachment. Because when you heal your relationship with a body, with your body after having maybe your like boundaries violated, um, and I used like I never felt like I could say no or I wasn't saying no right or like and it just didn't matter. And then so finally, once I re healed my relationship, where I realized I can say no at any time, there's no pressure to go beyond exactly what I want in the moment. Then I was like, oh, this is fun actually. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. Yet. I'm still trying to figure out my communication in the bedroom and such um and just like that kind of i don't even know how to communicate in a date sometimes i feel very like deterred like not deterred i feel very i've talked about this like just in my life before where it's like because i spent so long in the closet i didn't really have like my teens to just like not know how to talk to people i liked like i would like have crushes on girls i just thought they were fabulous like it wasn't hard for me to talk to them <laughs> i was like you're just fabulous let's talk girl like like that's not it was never hard for me to like for me to think like that but now me as a teen i would have been like oh my god he wants me <laughs> i think some of the girls there was a phase where i think they believed i was straight i think so one girl did for sure because she kissed me. She was my first kiss. Aww. And then her first kiss was my best friend in high school who was also gay. So the first two men she kissed are both gay. Well, I'll yeah. lie. Ally. <laughs> is she a big ally, theater kid ally. That's that is a theater kid experience right there. Everyone you kiss is gay. Um, I don't even know what I was saying with that. Oh yeah, well, I, but going back. To, you, you, yeah. Oh, so no, go ahead. Yeah, going back to the confrontational thing. I'm glad I did it. It feels good to just be like, what's the tea? Like, what is what is this behavior going on? Yeah. Even if I don't get a response or something like that, it's just like, cool. Just like, great. I said my piece. I somehow complimented you because I thought I said I still liked you and thought you were cool, but your behavior is weird. I do truly think that like when you learn how to date and you are looking for someone who is compatible for you and whether they are or are not has literally no bearings on your own value. When you finally like feel secure in knowing that all of a sudden dating becomes an entirely different experience. Yeah, because I feel like most of the time when people are complaining about dating, when 
you ask questions and they get to the root to the issue, it's because they believe that every rejection like says something negative about them. Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, that's a problem. That's a miserable part of your life. That's called your twenties, you know? Yeah. Like the but that's gonna end someday. And it's not really dating's fault. The problem is is that you don't have a lot of areas in your life where you're like getting self esteem from and this is like one of the main ones. Mm -hmm. But um I'm so into being confrontational and dating. Too confrontational, yeah. in fact. Ooh. And I've convinced myself that men who are attracted to me want that. <laughs> that that's what they're looking for. I don't know. Some guys do like that. One of my friends is hooking up with someone and she's mean to him. He asked her how good at fucking she, he was. And mm -hmm. she said a four and a half out of ten. And he's still talking to her. If someone told Oof. me a four and a half out of ten, I would be so embarrassed. I would literally well, want to die. let's be real, Kevin. Would you ever ask someone to rate your fucking skills on a scale of one to ten? No, I've not. Because I would not ask that question. I would not. I've been like, am I good? That's the most I've ever done. I, at the beginning of a relationship, will say, to be 100% clear, in this relationship, I have no interest in hearing hard truths from you. I believe that friends are what hard truths are for. If you are interested in being in a relationship with me, there's a couple of lies that we're going to say to each other, such as, you're the only person I've ever found attractive. You're the most attractive person in okay, the whole yes. world. Margot Robbie? Pfft disgusting you're the person that i want to have sex with. and that's just like how we are going to form our communication because i think that's a fun little world to live in as a couple you get to create your own little world yeah. with its own little rules and for me personally this is the best sex of my life you're the best at sex that i've ever i've only had sex with you how would i know i'm a little virgin i wouldn't even know what other sex is like like that's something that i just think is fun i think it's fun too i actually have another friend who's going through issues with her significant other because she has like a different she had a different like sex life in her like early 20s and like late teens and he was very like relationship focused mm -hmm. and he hates hearing about like anything of her past but it's like I'm okay with it. And maybe it's just because it's like, I know like people have had to have sex. Like don't talk about it a lot. And I'm still the best sex you've ever had while we're in a relationship like that. I, that I, I stand with, yeah. but I'm okay with like knowing that they hooked up with other people. Cause I'm like, you know what? That's how you got good. Like that's how you're a good kisser. You have to kiss a lot of people to be a good kisser. Yeah. Know? I, it's weird because I don't, like, I don't like hearing about a dude's other, like, sexual experiences um, if if we're dating, but not for, like, a possessive reason because I'm not very possessive or jealous. It's more so just, like, a, a ew. It's both Like, I don't me. think about two people who are not me having sex ever. Okay. I'm, maybe this is because I, like, don't watch porn, and so I'm just, like, m maybe I'm the weird one. But, like, I don't think about, like, celebrities having sex. It all seems kind of gross to me. Sex uh, yeah. that I'm not involved in seems gross. And that's, that is very true. <laughs> I, I don't know. Everyone's talked about sex with me since for as long as I can remember. Even in high school, people would always talk to me about sex stuff, which I'm like, okay. Now I love the tea, yeah, so I think about it a lot. from a gossiping perspective, yeah. it's so fun. But not for it to know, to be clear... It's not, uh, I do think about it from like a, if I'm making a joke about it standpoint. Oh, but you don't but think I about it like don't intently. don't think about it like I don't care. That, yes, that I'm on the same way. Like, like, like I'll listen to like my friends talk about it, but I don't like want to hear about yeah like, the, like other people sex and i don't all the time. Yeah. i don't gab with people that i'm dating like i flirt with people i'm dating yeah. so that's why we're not like gabbing about our sex lives that would be weird yeah and i guess it's more just been like bad experience i don't know like i i, I mean I, I also haven't had a relationship last long enough recently to where it's even worked out to where i'm like let's talk about this stuff but in the past it's it's been 
it's been very much, it depends on the communication style, which is also super valid. Like if we're gabbing versus like actually talking about it for like other purposes, but yeah. no, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, you said you were getting ghosted by a business. What is that? Oh, what's, what's that? <laughs> oh, right. I did write that down. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to like keep this as anonymous as possible. So let me figure out. There's um, a, a freelance client of mine and I had to like end our business relationship okay. um, for normal reasons. The contract did not stipulate that there needed to be a certain amount of heads up, but the amount of heads up was about a month. That's a great so amount of heads up. felt really reasonable to me. Um, so I let them know and they never responded and specifically part of me letting them know was i was gonna hook them up with someone else in the comedy community who could fill my spot i was gonna like ask around and just like give someone that gig oh and they never responded and i am so like mad about it because it's like i don't think you guys realize that if i wanted to I could tell every comic in town not to work with you and like they probably wouldn't. They wouldn't, no. Everyone good is like my friend and if I say not to work with someone, they'll assume I have a really good reason. And so like, yeah, like every good comedian, I, I can't, can't think of, there are definitely some comedians who don't give a shit about my opinion, but they kind of suck. Yeah. And so I'm just like, that's, oh, I got under my skin so, so, so bad because oh, sure. it's like, I understand that this could be like, I don't know. It felt like, it felt like I was like talking to a person I was dating. I was like, it's business. What do you expect from me? Yeah. I have a finite amount of time in the day. Not every business relationship is going to like last forever. No. And that's like a part of it. And also you gave a month of a notice, yeah. which is a plenty of amount of time to find a new comic to do something you can find a new comic to do something in a day truly yeah so like a month is well the nature of the project was not like that that makes sense a okay. month was supposed the minimum and maximum amount of time that i could give it was just kind of set that it was gonna be like that yeah. but it got under my skin so bad so i was talking to my friend we were like in a yoga class together in the beginning when you're mm -hmm. like whispering and i was like i am so like upset about that like i can't it's, it's gotten under my skin so bad and mm -hmm. I have no idea why. And she was like, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It feels like they're like implying that you're like a bad person. It's rejection. It's rejection it and taking is. it personally. It's so hard because they're probably like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still working through the, how is rejection not on you? Like, I'm still working through that personally. So my first thought is always like, what did I do? Mm -hmm. um, especially because I want to be known as someone who can reflect on their own issues. Like, I don't ever want to be someone who's like too Delulu to like not even. So I sometimes swing too far yeah, and I will I, reflect too far right away. And then it's like just as harmful, but just to myself. I also just believe that like you can't, you're not ever going to be able to. I don't believe in asking why something doesn't work out. I yeah rem one time someone was kind of like ending things with me and the and I was like okay word no worries and then they messaged they were like okay like do you want to know why like I'm here to talk about if you want to talk about why and I was like um not really but interesting why, okay. why would I want to know why is there something like glaring and so I was like okay well now that you said that I guess I guess yeah okay why and they were like it's just because and listed a bunch of things about them and I was like oh so I didn't care okay I was like yeah. unless there's like spinach in my teeth but here's my thing 
if you're breaking up with someone, the reasons in your head are such a separate reality. Mm -hmm. They are your reality and they are good reasons by virtue of the fact that they're just the reasons that popped into your head. Like they don't need to be logically good reasons. If you, if you don't like someone anymore, you just don't decision mm -hmm. made no ifs, ands or buts. You can't convince someone back into liking you. Yeah. And then when you tell them to another person, they're going to be able to refute them all. And you're going to have to get to the much harder truth of like, I just don't like you anymore. Every breakup comes down to, I'm not feeling it anymore. I lost respect for you. I don't trust you anymore. Like those big things. And it's like, we have the surface level lies to kind of mm -hmm. cover them. And it's like, you don't want the big truth. And the big truth isn't going to help you be a better person. There's this idea of like self-improvement. It's not going to help you with self-improvement to just hear like, I'm not attracted to you anymore, right? Like that's not, that's not something you can take with you and fix, you know? No, it is not. No. So I just always feel like you're either going to get a lie or a truth that doesn't help. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially with like breaking up and stuff. With, with that, I am a slut for asking for feedback when I don't get into things like comedically speaking or like oh, acting wise. Like I'm a level, slut. Always ask for I'm feedback. I'm a slut for feedback, but you're right on a personal level. It's like a little, because yeah. it's always typically someone ending things with you. It's always on them. Like even if they're not attracted to you anymore, that is still like their feelings changing. And if yeah. there's a glaring, obvious flaw that you could fix about yourself, your friends will know it and they'll tell you. When you're talking, when you're telling stories about dating this person, they'll be like, oh, I think you sounded kind of crazy there. I think maybe we were being a bit crazy. Yeah. You don't need to hear that from the person. I don't trust a man's opinion of me. I trust my girlfriend's opinions of me. They'll tell me whether I'm being crazy. I love that. And we're all being crazy. I would say the blind leading the blind for me and my friends. I'm like, girl, no, tell him to kill himself. No. Like. <laughs> one of my friends getting married. So oh, okay. if we are crazy, at least we have a full victim. One of my friends is also married, but she's married to her high school sweetheart. So I don't know how much that one counts. Mm, yeah. Because, like, I've been friends with her for almost as long as she dated the damn man. <laughs> okay, let's get into some questions. Yes. Um, here's the first one. Dear Han... Oh, wait. Announcements first. I have shows coming up. Denver New Material Show on March 6th. Portland, March 21st. Seattle, April 13th. All those ticket links are in my bio. And then I'm February 29th at Pete's Satire Lounge in Denver. And then March 14th at Wide Right for like the two shows that night also in Denver. This podcast is sponsored by the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Hannah Jones Cool. But it is our both of our shared Patreon. It's just hard to change the um, URL afterwards. Patrons have first priority to get their questions answered, and they also receive a bonus episode every month, and it's only $3, patreon.com slash Cool. If you want to ask a question to get answered in a future episode, you can find the link to that form in the podcast description or in either of our link trees or on any of our social media platforms. Fantastic. Alrighty, here is the question. Dear Hannah and Calvin, I, 22 female, ended a three-year relationship about five months ago. Some old feelings for a friend, 24 male, suddenly resurfaced and I couldn't shake them, which made me realize it wasn't the right relationship for other reasons. I didn't initially intend to pursue a relationship with this friend, but he feels similarly and we quickly realized that a relationship could be something special. We've been hooking up 
while we both work on ourselves with the explicit intention of a relationship in the future. My question is, how do you know you're ready for a relationship? I'm happy with where I'm at and it feels natural to continue growing closer, but I wonder if I would have more potential for growth if I took more time to be single or on the flip side, if waiting for the perfect moment could set unrealistic expectations and potentially sabotage a relationship that will inevitably become imperfect. Am I overanalyzing this? Am I just young, naive because I've never done friends with benefits before? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Signed, Puzzled in Portland. Um, okay. I think the whole idea of like growing being something that you do outside a relationship really mm -hmm. just implies that all of your relationships are codependent. Um, I think yeah. you should read some cursory explanations of codependency and really look inward and say, do I use my relationships as a source of like safety and emotional regulation or do I have those skills to create a safe and emotionally regulated life on my own? And if you already have the skills to emotionally regulate on your own, then I don't see any problem. I don't think there's a moment where you become ready. I don't think there's a required amount of time to wait for you yeah. to become ready. I think that um, there's there's no reason to like keep yourself safe from yourself. I think that dating really requires you to trust your own intuition and you can start to trust your own intuition by acting on your intuition and seeing how it goes. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I mean, there's definitely no like timeline. Everybody's relationship is different. There are maybe like steps to like look out for as you're getting to know someone better but also like that's different i've never dated a friend personally so i've never had like that friendship knowledge of someone and then we dated i've never yeah. like i've never been attracted like yeah i've never really been attracted to friends that much before like that's never it's it's always been getting to know someone while i'm dating them so like i've always like looked for steps of like oh now i feel like i know you on this like deeper level like i feel like we have a better connection but when you're already friends with someone i can see why that kind of connection would would feel like it muddies a timeline like i can see where that could cause some over analyzing for sure i have had a lot of relationship with friends and it never felt weird it felt mostly very simple to okay. me um but i think that depends on your ability to communicate and i think also it might have felt simpler for me than it did for the other people mm -hmm. um which is valid by virtue of wanting less than them so <laughs> yeah that'll do it fair. Th that'll do it yeah <laughs> but if the if the question is is this going to go badly yes most likely because you're 22 what percentage of relationships that 22-year-olds get into do you think stand the test of time? It's a very low percentage. It'll probably go badly. You're in the learning phase of your life. This can be part of it. Will you risk the friendship? I don't know. If your friendship doesn't last through this, it probably wouldn't have lasted three years anyway. A lot yeah. of times the friendships you have in your early 20s don't last, and it's not because you hooked up with each other. It's just because you change a lot. Mm-hmm. And if your friendship is going to last, if it's a really true, steadfast, trustworthy friendship, then you probably will be able to, even if the relationship doesn't work out, still be friends.
Yeah, 100%. And I, I, yeah, I agree with you, Hannah, where it's just like communicate because you are probably overanalyzing it puzzled in Portland, but I would be too. Like I'd be like, it, it's just, it, it's, if you care about that person and you also care about yourself, like, of course you're going to like analyze it and go in depth because you want things to go correctly. You don't want to fuck something up on like your end or anything like that. But communication, because what happens if they're totally on the same page as you and then you're like, oh, so I've been overthinking something that I shouldn't have like, like communication I'll always say communication is great. You at least know where someone's on, whether they're on the same page as you or not. And it can help you decide what's best for you. If you're scared because in your last relationship toward the end, you got feelings for someone else and subtext, you maybe wanted to cheat on them or you maybe got close to cheating on them. If that's why you're scared, you're afraid you're going to cheat on your friend. That's a really good relationship to not a good sign to not get in a relationship. Yes. Straight up. If you're feeling like maybe you would cheat, then it's a, a cold, hard. No, 100%, not yeah. even close. But just tell them, like, I don't want to be monogamous, but I'd be down to continue getting to know you better and um just hope that he doesn't say okay sure that works and then spend the next year like wishing that he could somehow figure out how to lock you down i guess that could be testy the more that i think about it the more that there is a potential minefield um if one or both of you can't um sincerely advocate for what you need in a relationship that's pretty normal at your age and that's just like um, par for the course like that is just a possibility in any relationship you can't necessarily prevent for it you just learn as you get to know someone oh they can't stand up for what they need in a relationship too bad want want relatable i would say go for it the worst i mean yeah talk about it because especially if things are going in a good spot you might as well talk about it because odds are they're probably feeling similar like you it's yeah. smart to trust your intuition because odds are you're probably good at, especially when you're friends with someone you get you know your friends like i know all my friends moods and i can tell whether they're in a shitty mood or not and i i would like to think obviously i don't have the experience to back it up but i'd like to think you still are able to read that person even if you see them in a different light than just as a friend like that person still like you're still able to read and understand them so if you're getting good vibes from him communicate me because it's probably good vibes from his from his side too yeah jump in life is short i don't think we need to prioritize safety over opportunities for connection just on a priorities level yeah all righty beautiful next question I, 20-year-old female, live with a super chatty roommate. We are both in college and met via student org, moved into a two-bedroom apartment this year. We aren't besties, but I like her a lot, and we're both clean and get along well most of the time. The problem is sometimes I have a crazy busy day and dread coming home and having to catch up with her. IDK why it feels like such hard work because I really do like talking to her when we are working on stuff together, but just walking in the door and having to immediately hear all about whatever happened to her annoys me so much. It <laughs> makes me hide in my room whenever I hear her out and about, and I feel like it's causing tension. How do I get over this weird hang-up? Signed, Quiet Kathy uh yeah i've been the chatty roommate i've been the non-chatty roommate Same. i've been both in this and the you know that meme where it's like i'm hiding in my bedroom because i can hear my roommate cooking <laughs> like being irrationally mad at your roommate for making dinner when you were about to make dinner like very similar energy absolutely i kind of learned this the hard way that like everybody has a different expectation for what the etiquette is when you live together and um 
if you're not able to like verbalize that you might have different needs there, it can cause quite a bit of tension because a lot of times chatty people, if they're getting nothing from you or a little bit of tension, they're like, she's fucking pissed at me. And then usually a self-protective reaction to that is, well, I'm pissed at her too mm -hmm. for being pissed at me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I really fucked this up with my last like roommate situation and realized that I probably need to live alone. I just got really lucky. The first like three houses that I lived in with people, I lived with like abnormally quiet people. Okay. And we all just like when we passed each other, just sort of like didn't super say hi. We were just like, huh. And kind of like went to our rooms and we're just like really quiet most of the time. And then like sometimes we would come into the living room together and like have a whole conversation. But that was not like a default for coming home. Um, it was like its own event. And then I lived in a house where like there were multiple people who were super social and they thought I was being so cunty yeah okay all the time <laughs> i can see that i've had friends like i i personally am like the chattier what a surprise i'm literally on a podcast i love to talk it's my favorite mm -hmm. thing so i like talking to people um and i have like like my current roommate ship her and i gibble gabble all damn day yeah and it just like works That's for perfect. us it's just it i've had past roommates where it's like sometimes they do like want to talk where it's like i'd like like a second and that's like that like makes sense but i am like an extrovert at heart so i'm able to kind of suck it up and then by the you know two minutes and i'm like oh i'm so glad i have this conversation <laughs> like i'm so glad we got to talk and so it's it's i understand like it can be annoying i've i've told myself to lean into it a couple of times and i have been like you know what i'm glad i'm talking to them like i'm glad that they were able to rant about their day so that they wouldn't have to worry about it and we could be chill for the rest of the night like i'm okay but like i've had to tell myself to suck it up and i find silence to be scary so if people are silent all the time i get worried but yeah so you have to really you have to learn how to say to her I love you so dearly. Mm -hmm. I just had a hell of a day. And for some reason, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Straight up. I'm going to go into my room. And like, I even like, as I learned more about myself, I realized that when I come home from work, I have to have silence for like 30 minutes. Yeah. I have no idea why. But when I came home from work in mid-afternoon, because I was working at a coffee shop, my friend would always be cleaning and playing her music super loud. And I like her music and her speaker is fine, you know? Yeah. But I started, I was like, I, this is such a weird random request. And I'm so sorry to like interrupt your vibe. Can we do headphones for like 30 minutes? And I asked her that. I was surprised at how much she did not give a fuck. She put on her headphones. Yeah. And 30 minutes later, I felt like I had breathed new life. So start with just asking for like the 30 minute buffer mm -hmm. because for me for some reason it's all about the transition from work to home that's really hard. And then be like, can we talk in 20 minutes? I so want to catch up with you. I just like need a sec. I had uh, friends in college. I would go over to their house like every weekend because it was like during COVID and whatever. And they had a roommate that was similar. Like he just needs some time to decompress after work. And it like made sense, but he never communicated it. So he would mm. literally come in and it would just like completely change the vibes of the hangout because it was just like coming into silence because i was friends with this person too coming into silence they would just go to the room and then they would come out and they would act like nothing was was wrong and it was like that's what i used to do and yeah. i was unaware that i was impacting the vibe that much until i learned how to like vocalize what was happening yeah and like so with this person it's like obviously like no i mean i sometimes i think they did know that they were changing the vibe but that's a different story <laughs> um, like sometimes i think that they they claim to be very aware of that stuff so i don't know but once they, oh, like, were they an empath <laughs> 
Yeah, a little bit. They claim just a little bit. Yeah. Um, gosh, I hope my friend who lived with this person's listening because they're dying right now. Um, they would be dying. No, but like this person, um, in like the second they communicate that they just like having like a little bit of silence. So it was like, okay, cool. And then at that point, then I could tell when they were like being dramatic and like slamming the door as they walked in or whatever. Oh. Yeah. This yeah, this person was not I as, never did that. They were not they were not quite as emotionally intelligent as they as they wanted to be. Um, which is fine. It's whatever. We were all young. We're in we're in fucking college. Like none of us were as mostly intelligent as I think we thought we were, but it changed. Like we were all just like, oh cool. Like you just need your time. Great. Like we're still gonna talk. You go to your room. We won't bother. Like you'll come out whenever. We'll say hi. And that's it. Like it's mm-hmm. very chill. Like uh, like if even like hey, when I come home, I just need to shower and be in my room. Okay, great. I tell my roommate that sometimes I just need time to rot because I just like did comedy for a while, so I had to go and just like spruce it up. I just want to go sit on my phone and not do anything for ten minutes. Do you mind that? And she's like, of course. We'll watch TV afterwards. Great. Yes. It's communication. All about communication. But yeah, in in her mind, the default is that you do have to chat. And so like b- address that sooner rather than later. On the same topic of my, I just thought of this story with, with this same, it was a group of like four people who lived okay. together during COVID. So it was already like um, a lot and like uh, I think all of us really learned the lesson of like, oh, we could have done that so much better for each other. But mm-hmm. one thing that happened was that, um, so two of us were in the service industry and two of us had nine to fives, which is okay. so hard really because hard. when we want to like hang out and be social is like a terrible time for them. So one time, and we were in the upstairs, which was kind of nice, um, the two service industry gals, um, we were hanging out with our other friend and um, we were being too loud accidentally. We got a text that was like, be quiet. And we were like, straight up, got it. And then, um, but but that text was already like annoyed and like uh, already like you kept me up for a while. And we were like, okay, fuck, you know. Then as we're coming downstairs, which is like not that long after, <laughs> our other friend who was a guest, not a person who lived there drops a wine glass and it shatters oh no oh no and, <laughs> oh no and we're all laughing and because so, we're like panic laughing because we're like fuck 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 we were being quiet and now we're being so loud and it wasn't even on purpose like yeah how do you, you just dropped something and then <laughs> We, it was glass, so you have to clean it up. Yeah. And part of the glass was on a carpeted staircase. Oh, no. So my roommate vacuum. got out the vacuum and started, and we get another text to the house group chat that just said, seriously, the vacuum? <laughs> Yeah, and it's yeah. like because she doesn't know that we like dropped a glass and need to get the glass out of the carpet before we can like go upstairs and go to bed. Like she doesn't know that this is just like yeah. has. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? How much more noisy are you gonna figure out? Like, to could be? you feel like the vacuum? That is killer. <laughs> are you still friends with that roommate, or did that? Just... Um, I think I I see her like what once every few months or whatever. Okay, that's she, not and bad. she's a delight. So oh, that's great. Yeah, I see. So, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, I would be. I always stay up later than almost every single one of my roommates and i try to not be too loud mm-hmm. and the second i get like one text i'm like Urgh! like i'm i'm that one who will be like i can take feedback so well and then someone will be like hey can you be a little bit quieter i'm like yeah i'm like the most annoying loud ass bitch that you've oh, ever 100%. met i'm sorry oh uh, yeah i'm the same way um okay i think we have time for a quick am i the asshole let's do it 
Am I the asshole for not cooking while babysitting? My brother, male 33 and his wife, female 31, work for the same company and had to go on a five-day business trip. Their babysitter got COVID, so they asked me, male 26, to babysit their son, male 7. I babysat my nephew before, like when he was freshly born and they wanted to go on a date night, so I agreed for five days okay they dropped him off at my apartment and told me to text slash call them if i had questions or something happened then they left at first i was a bit overwhelmed and scared that i would do something wrong but my nephew was really low maintenance he likes reading so i downloaded some books for him on my ipad i'm not good at cooking and i don't cook for myself i either eat takeout make myself a salad or a sandwich i also don't know what kids like to eat so whenever my nephew was hungry i made him a sandwich i offered to share my takeout with him but i always order spicy indian food and he doesn't like it so he just ate a sandwich <laughs> I offered multiple sandwich toppings like cheese, cream cheese, peanut butter, etc. So it's not like I made him eat the same sandwich over and over again. I'm imagining this is one sandwich. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Last Friday, my brother and his wife came to pick up my nephew. When they asked him if he liked staying with his uncle, he said it was cool, except for the food. Then he told them that I always made him sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They pulled me aside and asked me if it was true. When I said yes, they got mad and acted like I neglected their child. It's important to mention that they did not ask me to cook. They didn't give me a list with his favorite meals either and just assumed I would cook a fresh meal every day. Since then, my brother has been ignoring me. We usually text at least once a day, but nothing. I called him today and he was still annoyed and mad at me he called me selfish and irresponsible too i get that cooking would have been better but it's not like i don't feed my nephew i provided him with food and he was never hungry do y'all think i'm the asshole or not <laughs> i don't think so no in my family if i did this to my nieces and nephews their parents would be like uh like they, they would be like oh well like they're strong kids their bodies are resilient like you, you fed them yeah you fed them they're fine but they would just give me shit about it forever that's they would the same make thing my family would jokes do the same about thing. Yep. how i only feed them sandwiches and then the kids would hear all the jokes and start to make their own jokes and it mm -hmm. would just be like a running joke forever yes. that i only made them sandwiches i think it's weird i mean they they sound like the obnoxious kind of parents who are like oh no mosby doesn't have the perfect greens um which is like you're it's a kid so stupid and annoying you're 26 you're not a professional babysitter you were someone who was there in a pinch and you did your best uh learning experience for you um you do have to like cook kids food if you're getting takeout you should get something that the it's it's so crazy to me that you were like oh, i only get spicy indian food it's not like they have anything else there it's not like i could order extra rice for him or extra veggies you know i just get the spicy indian sock he paneer doesn't any. exist in at this indian <laughs> restaurant like literally that was, when i read this i was like sock paneer is not spicy and it's There's delicious anything, pretty much anything i guess the indian places that i've been to little india specifically mm -hmm. um you can get any spice level um yeah that's not how you watch a kid for sure i just feel like most parents would be like that's pretty funny and fucked up you're not watching our kid in the future but they wouldn't 
ignore you forever. Like, and I, I mean, I've had worse situations from family babysitters, like when I was a child, mm-hmm. um, and they wouldn't be like, some of them were still allowed to babysit, like whatever. And it's like one thing that my parents would do, like looking back, I'm like, they always gave, they always told the babysitter what dinner was or what dinner options could be. Yeah. Like looking back, I'm like, oh shit, like, like none of my babysitters but ever had to worry about where the food. But I they feel just... like that's when it's at your house. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, we have this in the fridge. But I feel like if I ever got dropped off at like a family member's house, it would just be understood that they would make meals that were kid friendly. I guess so. I don't know. Like I, it's sorry because like I get why this person was like, I don't like, I don't know. Like you're, you're not like you, you didn't don't even get me- him a box of cereal. Yeah, it's it's like, did you not go to like like how much of this is you deciding not to go to the store versus yeah. like how much of it is you expecting the child to communicate their meal preferences to you? Which like it, it's seven, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck to eat. The fact that you were getting takeout but you didn't think to get pizza, something that a kid could join in, and the fact that you never got a breakfast option, lunch and dinner, whatever, sandwiches are fine, but like no cereal, no pop tarts, that's weird, bro. What was he eating if he was a little hungry in the middle of the day? Did you not get like a variety of pack of single serve chips like come on it's a kid what did you eat when you were a kid you weren't an asshole you were a dumbass yeah yeah you were not like you were not in it this this brother though is being a little bit dramatic because yeah my family would make it a joke and it would just be like i would just be the sandwich guy for the rest of my (laughs) life which is fine like it happened right so it's like it's like you should like no one like no one should be mad at you no one like died no one well, the kid tr- should be mad at you but the kid will get over it yeah he'll get over it he's not scarred he might not like sandwiches for a couple months valid <laughs> that's valid but like he's not gonna hate you the like like it's it's weird that they're taking it so drastically when it should have just been a fun learning experience that no one got hurt over you just feel stupid yeah. that's all it should have been you do deserve to have the piss taken out of you at every fa- family gathering forever one thousand percent that is that should be your worst punishment yeah and that's embarrassing thank you so much for tuning in you can find me at hannah jones cool and you can find me at calvin reed reid underscore have a great day bye